Hello, this is Angie Meadows. This is the Rocker Recovery. We're coming to you from Expression Studio in Huntington, West Virginia. We're glad to have you for this radio show. Also be aired on my podcast called Rocker Recovery. You can find the PDF on enablersjourney.com. So let's get started. Let's do a little review. Our foundation is the fear of the Lord. The roof of our house is wisdom. And we have seven pillars that we have found. Now, you may be able to find other pillars in Proverbs that you feel are strong and sturdy to build your life on. But the seven that I have found is understanding, discernment, truth, righteousness, knowledge, instruction, and prudence. Yesterday, we talked about understanding. So today, let's talk about discernment. Now, another word for discernment would be insight. And a definition for discernment would be the act of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure, a keen intellectual vision. Now, some synonyms or similar words to discernment is discrimination, perception, penetration, or insight. So the first question is Proverbs 7, 7. What two types of people are in this verse? The verse says, I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who lacked judgment. Now, the person who's talking is the person who's writing. And so there's two type of people. There's the one who's writing and then the one he's talking about, which is the person who is simple. So he's saying he noticed. If we read this verse in the King's James, it says, And I beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youth, a young man void of understanding. So there's a discerning man who's observing the simple man. Okay, so the simple man lacks common sense or good judgment. If you read through the rest of chapter 7, you can see what the young man is doing that lacks good judgment. Now Solomon, or the writer of this proverb, is talking to the young man. He's giving him some instructions in verse 24. So let's read 24 and find out what instructions he's giving them. He says, Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. So did you hear Solomon's instructions to the young men? He said, listen and pay attention. Now, where does her path lead? This is the path of the seductress or the adulteress. So where is she leading them? In verse 27 of chapter 7, her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. So where is she leading them? Well, she's leading them straight to death. If you read the verse above it, you will find that there are many that are slain. And I would say that there are many that have fallen into adultery that are greatly wounded and their emotions are destroyed. And it's very difficult for them to recover. So as we are going along our lives, we must be good examples. We must be moral and pure and holy before our families and before our children. And it may not be what we feel like, but we don't do what we feel like. We do what God's word says, and it says to stay away from the adulteress's path. Now, for myself, there are other paths that I need to stay away from. So let me ask you a question. What area of your life might lack good judgment? Think about the movies you watch, the books you read, the music you listen to. I know for myself, I put up a lot of boundaries with myself. I don't watch movies that other people watch. I don't watch much television at all. I have a difficult time finding anything worth watching. And as you dive into God's word, you'll be very aware of the sin that's on television. 
And you'll be very aware that that's not where you want to spend your time. So I want you to ask yourself, am I following anyone or anything more closely than Christ? So if there's anyone that can upset my day or get me out of balance, then it's likely I'm following them and I need to refocus myself and follow Christ. Question number two is Hebrews 4.12. The question is, how is the Word of God described? Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the two dividing, soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So the question is, how is the Word of God described? Why it's described as living and active. In the King James, it calls it quick and powerful, sharper than a double-edged sword. What can the Word of God do? Well, it can penetrate. It can pierce the soul and the spirit. And what does it mean to divide the soul and the spirit? Now, if you reread that last part of the verse, you'll find the answer. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes or the intentions of the heart. So that's what the Word of God does. The more I'm in the Word, the more it becomes like a mirror to show me the evil in myself. So there are thoughts and attitudes that keep my soul and my spirit in conflict. And I can recognize this conflict by identifying any double-mindedness or any confusion in my life. And then it's stepping back from it, stepping back from the emotions of it, and then looking at it with my mind and with my intelligence, and then looking at the Word of God and asking the Lord to show me, to divide my spirit and my soul. So what attitudes do I need to work on? I don't know about you, but I need to work on my anger, my self-pity, my selfishness, my unkindness. Every day I find pride, and there's just little nagging things that come up in thoughts, even if they don't get out of my mouth. They're in my thoughts. And when that comes up, I believe the Holy Spirit is showing me what I need to work on that day. Question number three, Hebrews 5.11. What is wrong with the people? 5.11. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. So what's wrong with the people? Where they're dull of hearing, they are slow to learn. Number four, Hebrews 5.12. When God needs teachers... Those who are dull of hearing need what? 5.12 says, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. So if we have not followed after God, if we have not done our duty, when it's time for us to be teachers, what is wrong? Well, we need to be taught the basics all over again. How can we get mature? How can we become mature enough to discern right from wrong so that when the Lord needs teachers, we'll be prepared? So let's read 5.14. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And I can tell you in my life, it is constant. I cannot allow myself to be distracted. I have to guard my thinking. When emotions come up that want to rule my attitudes and my behaviors, I have to correct myself with the Word of God. I have to feel that emotion and look at it like it's a light on a dashboard that's going off. 
Yes, that oil needs changed. Yes, I need to do something there. But it's not me. It's not the car. It's just the light. So when I have emotions, if I indulge them, then they get exaggerated. But if I just look at it and let it pass by and say, yes, I feel angry. Why do I feel angry? What do I need to learn from this? Do I need to put up a boundary? Is this something in myself that I'm overreacting to? Is it a problem from my past that I haven't dealt with? Is there something here I need to repent for? So as I look at my emotion, it will allow me to correct myself. It will be that mirror, but it won't be me. It won't be my car. It will be just the light on the dashboard. So emotions are not to be elevated to truth. They are just emotions. That's what it's talking about when it says to divide the spirit and the soul. Now ask yourself, what things are in my life that are dulling my hearing and dulling my senses to the words of righteousness? And are there things that I need to get out of my life and things that I need to put boundaries up against and to walk away from? I exercise my senses constantly through studying the Word of God and listening to preaching every spare moment that I have. And this increases my faith. In Romans 10, 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So the Lord has used preaching to increase our faith. So it's wonderful to listen to as much preaching as you can, as you have an opportunity to listen to, because this will increase your faith. Now that is what's called solid meat, solid food. And as we listen to more and more teaching and more preaching, and then we compare it with the Word of God, and we line it up with Scripture to make sure that it's truth, then we'll be able to discern right from wrong and good from evil. We'll have that solid food, and we'll be able to teach others when it comes time for the Lord to call us. Now here's something we all need help with. We need to diligently preserve our quiet times with the Lord, even when we don't feel like it. So I want to ask you, do you run to God when you stumble and sin, or do you run away and hide? So when we stumble and sin, we can either stay on that path and with the guilt and shame just keep going farther down that path, or we can humble ourselves and realize that there is no good thing in our flesh and that we cannot walk this walk without Christ walking it in us and without us abiding very closely to Him. It's just like the branch and the vine. The branch is connected to the vine. And that is the only way that it can produce good fruit. Number seven, 1 Corinthians 2.14. What are the two types of men in this verse? The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. So did you see the two types of men? There's the man without the Spirit and the man with the Spirit. So how can we know the things of God? Did you read the last part of this verse? They are spiritually discerned. Do you remember the definition of discernment? It is the ability to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. I believe this can only be done through the Holy Spirit, and I believe the gift of discernment comes through praying for it just like all these other pillars. Now I want to ask you another question in 1 Corinthians 2.14. What are God's words to a man without the Spirit of God? The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. So a man 
that thinks God's word is foolish is because he's a man without the Spirit of God. Only God can give us the true wisdom. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. What kind of wisdom does God want to give us? We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. So what kind of wisdom does God want to give us? He wants to give us his secret wisdom, his hidden wisdom. It's a mystery, and as we get into God's Word and as we have His Holy Spirit, it unfolds for us, and He reveals it to us as we follow Him. Romans eleven thirty three says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God! How unsearchable His judgments and His paths beyond tracing out! We cannot ever find all of God's wisdom, and God's Word will be new to us every day. There'll never be anything dull about studying the Word of God if you had the Spirit of God to illuminate it before you. Question number 10, 1 Corinthians 2.16. Can we have the mind of Christ? For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Soon we'll do a study on the word mind, M-I-N-D, and we'll study what a carnal mind looks like and what the mind of Christ looks like. Number 11, 1 Corinthians 2, 5. What is my faith not to rest on? And what is my faith to rest on? 1 Corinthians 2, 5. So that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. So my faith is not to rest on the wisdom of man, but on God's power. So as I feel faithless, well, that is man's wisdom. But as I look at the Word of God, then I choose to let my faith rest on His Word, even when I don't feel it, even when it doesn't look like it. We'll finish out the last part of our study in Proverbs. Number 12, we'll go to Proverbs 2.11. What will preserve me or protect me? Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. So discretion which is insight and perception, discrimination, and the ability to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. So discretion will protect me, and understanding will keep me. Number 13, Proverbs three twenty-one. What am I to keep before my eyes? My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. It is important that I keep sound judgment or sound wisdom and discernment, which is discretion before my eyes. Now that means that I cannot listen to worldly philosophies and think that I'm going to have solid, sound judgment. Instead, I will have confusion in my life. If you have confusion in your life, I challenge you to turn off the television for six weeks and to spend that six weeks saturating yourself in the Word of God and praising the Lord and singing to Him and thinking of nothing more than serving Him and giving Him your adoration. And as you do this, there will be great wisdom that will be unfolded to you. The scales will fall from your eyes and your ears will be open 
and you'll be able to hear the words of the Lord in a way you have never heard them before. Number 14, Proverbs 3:22. What blessings will wisdom and discretion be to me? They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Wisdom and discretion will be life, and it will be grace to me. Now we're almost done, just two more verses. Number 15, Proverbs 3, 23 through 25, outline the continual blessings and God's purposes for wisdom and discretion. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. Did you hear the blessings, the continual blessings of following wisdom? You will walk safely. You will not stumble. You will have no fear. Your sleep will be sweet. You will not be afraid of sudden terror or disaster, desolation or ruin from the wicked. Those sound like mighty blessings, blessings worth pursuing. Now our last verse is Proverbs 3:26. What is powerful enough to keep me from being afraid? For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. So the Lord will be my confidence and my foot will not be snared in this world or in this worldly philosophy. Now let's review. Number one, what are two types of people according to Proverbs 7, 7? Number two, what does it mean to be dull of hearing? Number three, how can we prepare ourselves for the strong meat of God's word? Number four, can I just read God's word and understand it? Number five, if my faith is weak, how do I get more faith? Number six, what are some of the blessings God has for a person who seeks wisdom and discernment? Now let me pray for you. May each of you have discernment and good judgment. May you follow the path which leads to God and quickly recognize any deceptive path that would lead you astray. May you be skillful in the words of righteousness. May you walk in the Spirit and develop the mind of Christ through diligent and persistent seeking of Christ our Lord and Savior. May your faith rest in the power of God, even when it is tested by fire in 1 Peter 1.7. May God grant you the continual blessings of discernment, walking safely, not stumbling, or the power to get up quickly if you do stumble. No fear, especially of the wicked man. A restful sleep. No fear of the threats of disaster or ruin from the enemies of God. And may discretion be life to your soul and an ornament of grace to your neck. In Jesus' name we pray. Now let's look at our outline. In order to receive discernment, what do I need to do? I need to listen, pay attention, walk as a spiritual man, be judging and discerning all things, and develop the mind of Christ. What will it look like if I am without discernment? Well, I'll be simple and unlearned. I'll be led astray easily. I will lack morals. I'll lack good judgment. I'll be on the wrong path. I'll be dull of hearing, and I'll need to be taught again when it's time for me to be a teacher. Now, if I'm walking in the Spirit, what will that look like? I'll have a united soul and spirit. I'll purposefully be following Christ and not my emotions. I'll be developing that fruit of the Spirit where I look like Christ. I'll have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These things cannot be developed into flesh. And also, what will my blessings be? They'll be life to my soul. 
I'll be walking safely. I'll not be stumbling. I'll have no fear. I'll have sweet sleep. I'll not be afraid of disaster. And I will not be afraid of the wicked. I hope you enjoyed this study. And we will have five more discussing the different pillars of wisdom. And this is The Rocky Recovery. This is Angie Meadows. I hope you enjoyed this lesson today. If you want to hear it again, you can listen to it on Rocker Recovery Podcast, on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Pandora. And our website is enablersjourney.com. We'll see you later.